you can have a shitty relationship with your lady at home, but go to work and, and then act like life is great. Right. Absolutely. You can be a lousy father. You could be a lousy, you could kick your dog at home and you go to go to work and act like you're a really great person. Welcome to an episode of Find Your Voice, a movement led by yours truly, Aaron Dew, a guy who has overcome crippling anxiety, adversity, and difficulty like so many of you in life, whose main goal now is to help you combat your excuses, take control of your life, write your own story, and most importantly, find your voice. So now, without further ado, I welcome the host of the show himself, Mr. Aaron Dew. Okay, I am delighted to be able to welcome Rock Thomas onto today's episode of Find Your Voice. And I didn't want to use this line, but if you have been living under a rock, then I don't know what you've been doing because one of the things that I've done, and I know a lot of my listeners do, is we're looking for motivation. We're looking for inspiration almost on a daily basis. And if you're like me, an avid YouTube listener, you would have definitely seen Rock Thomas's videos. So welcome to the show, my friend. How are we doing today? Yeah, you know, we're we're really grateful, grateful that we're going through whatever we're going through and we have some tools to go through it pretty well. So I'm, I'm excited and feel uh, jazzed about what's to come because that's the time to be awake and pay attention. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I love that you just come from gratitude straight from the start. And if anyone's watching this on YouTube now, you're going to see a great hashtag behind Rock Thomas, which is the I am movement, which is something remind me we have to jump into as well which I think is fantastic so I know about yourself I obviously do a lot of research and I'm always fascinated by my guests but also I'm also fascinated by why people do what they do i.e why do you choose the profession that you're doing now for example is that because it was a desire as a child or was it the way that life shaped you so if you wouldn't mind just to give the listeners some context about you if you could just give us a little bit of a summary about your life maybe your story. I mean, your story is fantastic. So take as long as you need, share as many details as you feel you need to. And then just tell us about the stuff that you're doing today, please. You know, I think the human spirit wants to grow all the time. And at the same time, there's a part of our brain that wants to stay safe and comfortable. And it's this tussle between the two that determines really the quality of people's life. If you are like myself, grew up in an environment where things were a little bit difficult, and you found a way to respond to that being grateful, then you actually become a bigger version of yourself, I believe. A lot of people, unfortunately, don't have the circumstances that allow them to do that. So they grow up and they resent growth. They resent this, this idea of being challenged. And they just want to be comfortable and safe and really just programming. So in my case, I grew up on a farm. And my father, who is from Europe, from uh, Holland and, and transferred from Germany was the hard ass. And it was go out, you know, feed the horses, do this, do that. And as an eight and a half year old kid, that was pretty daunting. And I would often come back to him and say, dad, I don't know how to do this. or I don't know how to do that. Dig a hole when it's minus 30 out in the ground and the ground is frozen or the pipes burst. And, I, and now I had to carry buckets of water sloshing into my boots and my feet were freezing. And I'd come back and I would complain. And his standard line was, get back out there and figure it out. And what he gave me as a gift that I didn't know at the time was this searching in my mind for a way, a path. And it created a huge amount of creativity in me. And it created the greatest confidence that I think people almost never get is the belief that you can figure it out, that you will find a way. 
How many times are you around people when they go, oh God, you know, I don't know how to open a business or I just don't know what exercise routine to do or I'm not sure about the diet, I'm overweight, but I don't know. And they're in this I don't know phase. I don't know for me is the beginning of curiosity. How am I going to figure this out? I know there's a way. I know there's a path. I, I know a thousand times on a farm, I didn't know the way, but I found the way. And that's the greatest gift that I think parents can give their children is don't give them all the answers. Don't make it easy on them all the time. And, and all the times I didn't feel loved or supported or safe. And I've, and I, and I've had part of my, my adult life, I've had to deal with that, of feeling alone and feeling abandoned and feeling unlovable. But every part of every person has to work on some part. So if you were loved and you were coddled and you were made to feel safe and all of that, and you might go out in the real world and get slapped by some client that, that rejects you, and now you run home to mommy and daddy and you can't make a living. So that's the part you get to work on. I don't have to work on that part. You want me to go knock on doors and sell heat pumps or sell air conditioners or sell solar panels? Let's go. I have no problem. But I might have a problem in another area. That's the part I get to work on. So I'm pretty excited. And I say to people, in life, if you do what is difficult, life will be easy. Absolutely. If you keep on doing what is easy, life will be difficult. So true. So true. I absolutely love that. And I think this is something that many listeners, including myself, can resonate with, where it's almost like you have two ends of the spectrum for example you can have the tough loving parent almost forcing you and programming you using your words there to figure it out which i think is a fantastic way of shaping someone to be creative and to be resourceful but then you can also have the other side and i'm now complimenting my mom for this where she kind of mollycoddled me and looked after me a lot so as, as a young child i was i was very poorly i was always in and out of hospital and i think because of that fear they kind of looked after me a little bit too much to the point now where any change in temperature or anything, I'm getting ill within an instant because I was always wrapped in blankets and cotton wool. But throughout life, things happen and adversity strikes. And it's in those moments you have a decision there where you take this on as a piece of growth or do you sit back and just wait for mommy to come? And my mom can't always be there. And I've had to learn that myself. So I see both sides of the spectrum. Would you say, thinking out loud now as prospective fathers or parents out there, that you need a bit of both? Because I think both could work if you know how to balance that. So I've come up with a model that I believe creates the maximum desire to, to put effort into your life. And it goes like this, support, encourage, and challenge. So imagine a tree growing in, in soil that supports it, not dry, it's a desert, not swampy where there's too much support, right? It, it'll fall down. Just enough support, rich soil, fertile soil. The sun is the encouragement. It's the words of encouragement around you. It's the heat. It's the warmth. It's, it's the sun rising into the day. So you need to have some words of encouragement. Working hard all the time and never having somebody say, hey, man, that looks really tough. Come on. You know, let's, let's go a little harder. And you're like, yeah, okay, I can do that. And then the challenge is the wind. The wind pushes the tree around, forcing the roots to grow strong. So as a parent or as a leader or as a motivator or as a, as a manager, whatever you are, if all you do is beat down on your employee or beat down on your kids and challenge them, they're going to get frustrated, bitter, discouraged. It's going to be too hard. If all you do is support them, make their lunch, put a little cute note in the lunch, say, I love you, honey, and go to school and fight their battles for them and, and take on the, you know, the biggest kid in the yard and say, don't pick on my kid, the child will never develop the roots to be strong. 
So as a great parent or as a leader, it's your job to go, hey, Rock had a lot of challenge. In this case, he could handle challenge. But you know what? He really needs to be encouraged because he can get a lot of encouragement. If I encourage him during the challenge, I'll get the most out of him. So I use that model when working with people. We need them all just in the right doses based on how we were raised. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's fantastic. And again, I, I love that because it's a simple method that every single one of us can just use. It's almost like a mantra when we're dealing with adversity in our own lives, but also with those that we love as well. So that's that's fantastic. Another thing that you mentioned as well in the first part of this um, question was the I don't know phase. And there are so many people in the I don't know phase, i.e. unable to really be resourceful in their own ways. So what I want to kind of do, and there might not even be an answer for this, Rock, is when you were growing up and you were having to figure everything out, almost because that was the choice and the decision that your father kind of put you in. So for some people, that would make people crack. And for some people, they would think, okay, that's it. I'm not going to try or I'm not going to try and figure out. But there's something within yourself that made you think, actually, challenge accepted. And, and you went ahead with it. And I don't know the answer for this. And I'm not even sure if there is an answer for it. But sometimes I'm always wondering when two people grow up in the same environment with the same words and the same actions said to them, how they can grow up so differently. And you've, you've kind of grown in the way that I'm like, that's the way I want everyone to grow, especially the listeners of this show. What, what, what's unique about yourself in that moment? How did you reframe that? What was your perspective on that? You know, that's a really great question. So I'm glad you asked it. And I don't know if I have the answer either, but here's what I do know is that we sort our decision-making through filters and they're called conclusions. So we develop these beliefs, right? We believe that, and it comes partially from what we've heard. Like my father all the time, Life is difficult. You're going to have to work hard. So get out there and work hard and, and get ready for life. I'm going to prepare you for life. I developed a belief that life is difficult. And when I grew up, I went out and I got jobs like driving a taxi for 12 hours a day, working in a bar, working two, three jobs, because my programming was life is difficult. On the flip side, I developed somewhere along the line, this wonderful belief that you either win or you learn. And if you have that win or learn model, you can take action without the fear of failure. But most people want to look good. They don't want to get hurt. They don't want to feel uncomfortable. They believe that life is difficult. They want to, to have the easy path. So they're always looking for the path of least resistance. I'm usually looking like when I play a sport, I will look for the best player on the other team and I will take them out. I believe that. Because I will grow from it. If I, if, I, if I can't get them, I will learn. I don't want the easiest player. I want to be the best version of myself. And the way I do that is to challenge myself on a regular basis. So there's no, hey, I'll cover this guy and he burns me every time. Good. What did he do? How did he burn me? How can I use that to get better in the future? And I'll even go up to him after the game or during the game and say, dude, you're awesome. You're crushing me. I'm usually the best and I take out the best and you're embarrassing me and it excites me. And he'll look at me and he'll go, okay. And I'll go, <laughs> tell me, what, what is the secret? And they'll tell you, well, what I do is I move my shoulder. I fake like that. And he'll tell you, he'll give you the gifts. So I've developed this thing where in life, if I can't win, I become the best. Eager, that. curious, passionate, 
asking questions. And then I come out of there feeling great because I've grown. So it's growth, greatness, and gratitude. Absolutely. You keep on focusing on that and your life is always going to be a win. Absolutely. I, I love that. And, I, and I'll be completely honest here uh, for full transparency. I wasn't always like that, but I say somewhere in my mid-20s, that became almost a thing where I'm going to win and I'm going to learn. And I really started to put myself in environments forcefully initially because I was reading the Tony Robbins books and I was reading all their personal development stuff. And I said, let me just try this. Let me just make myself uncomfortable. And I was a 25-year-old guy, a random story. And I've gone to a boxing gym because my long life dream was to become a boxer. And I've got a 14-year-old kid there Who's, who's a national champion running rings around me and hurting me in places I didn't even know you could feel or experience pain. And it was overcoming that ego and embarrassment because I think a lot of people, like you said, there is no, everyone wants to look good all the time. It's an Instagram life. We all want to look like we have everything figured out. Whereas I kind of left that at the door and I said, I need to learn. Learning is a lot more important than how I look on the outside because it's how I feel on the inside. That's really, really important. So I'm really, really glad that you said that because Another thing as well on that point, actually, sorry, I'm just I'm just adding on because I've got so many incredible thoughts from that is the best people in the industry, they'll actually tell you as well, like the answers. So you know how you went to that individual and he said, you're incredible. They'll actually tell you, well, this is what I do. And I, and I love that about the people at the top of the game, just like yourself in terms of what you do now, you're helping us as a listener. So that for that, I obviously extend my hand and say thank you because that's something that I really want. If anyone walks away from this episode with just one thing is just put yourself in an environment Forget about the embarrassment. Listen, I get embarrassed all the time. I get embarrassed on this microphone half the time when I'm trying to get my words out. And it's about just being uncomfortable and then growing from that opportunity. Yeah, I mean, these are the filters that you want to develop and, and, and bring into your life and, and eventually create part of your identity. I talk about the I am movement. The words that follow I am follow you. So I am a passionate student. I am somebody who likes to defy the odds. Yeah. I am somebody that realized life is about growth, you know, putting yourself in the arena and getting the, the dirt and blood and sweat on your face. Not about being the critic up in the stands looking down and saying you could do better. I want to be in the field playing. I, I, don't, I don't mind failing because there is no failure. Right, and there's no failure. There's just learning, right? So I'm, I'm okay with that because I know failure for me is not giving it a set for myself. That's the only way I fail. Absolutely. And then I'm falling into victim. When I find myself falling into victim, well, sometimes I do that. My, my little thing is I become a little bit passive aggressive. I become a little bit quiet, become a little bit withdrawn, but removed. It's usually because I've given it a hundred percent and I feel like I can't learn and I can't win in that moment. And I'm, I'm now, I've searched my brain and I'm stuck. And so that'll last sometimes an hour, a minute, a day. And that's not the best version of myself, but that's where I go. And, and then so now, but I'm learning to, to move through that and through those frustrations. I appreciate your uh, transparency with that answer as well. So thank you for sharing that. And I want to ask you then, because as somebody who is successful now and having openly admitted that it wasn't always easy and you've had to put yourself in those moments and experiences where you've struggled or maybe not been the best at it what's your day-to-day -day like and the reason I ask this question is because I ask all of my guests about their routine and I try at least for the listener's sake for them to be able to think actually I heard Rock Thomas say this on his interview or I heard Aaron say this or Sarah or David and maybe I'll just try that because I want I, I'm a firm firm believer that we are a result 
in terms of our success based on our habits massively. So I want to kind of get into a day in the life of Rock Thomas, if you could. Yeah, they're, they're a little bit different, but there's some things that remain the same. At this stage in my life, I probably move my body about four hours a day. I'm a very physical person. So swimming, biking, riding, golf, uh, yoga, etc. cetera. Um, but the, the major thing I think is two things, it's how you start your day and how you finish your day. In my book, Your Epic Life Blueprint, I say, tell me what you do before eight o'clock in the morning and after eight o'clock at night. And I can predict every area of your life. I can predict your physical life, your health, your finances, your relationships based on that. Most people can make it through the day nine to five pretty good. You can have a shitty relationship with your lady at home, but go to work and, and then act like life is great. Right? Absolutely. You can be a lousy father. You could be a lousy, you could kick your dog at home and you go to, go to work and act like you're a really great person. So and, true. And so do your true. Thing. So the part that people need to work on is what I call outside of the margin of life, right? The margin of the nine to five. What are you doing in the morning and the evening? So here are some of the things that I've learned from my mentors is the first hour you should have for you. You pick up your phone and you respond to the world, but you have an hour of the day, whatever that looks like for you, where you get up and you do something that feeds the mind. The mind. So you might listen to a quote, might read a book, might listen to you know, find your voice podcast Absolutely. while you're, you know, exercising or something. Here's some words that nourish you and excite you and elevate you and inspire you every day because the mind is attracted to negativity and the world is vying for our attention more than ever. It's trained us to be dopamine animals with our phone and with our YouTube, etc. So what you got to do is you got to have a plan for that to nourish your mind. Number two, find a way to move your body. We are physical beings. There's a book called The Blue Zones that talks about the people that live the longest. They're not the people that, that, that are Arnold Schwarzenegger and are six hours in the gym. Not people that run marathons. They're people that just do little bits each and every day. They move around. They graze. They pick up. They vacuum. They, they, they harvest things. So move your body. Do some yoga. Go for a walk with the dog. So nourish your mind. Nourish your body. And then be intelligent around the things that you're going to focus on. So that might mean visualization. Most people don't spend any time visualizing art. They don't. How do you continue to move towards your goals in life? You have a big vision for it. <laughs> yeah. And you keep on thinking about it. And you talk about it with yourself. You're like, I want to run a marathon. I'm so excited about running a marathon. Can't wait till I get my new shoes from Amazon to run my marathon. I want to wear those pants. Feel good on me to run my marathon. <laughs> hey, do you want to run a marathon? Hey, I'm training for my marathon. And you feed yourself and you energize yourself. So you get excited about it. You close your eyes and you see yourself running the marathon. The feel the feeling. Hear the sounds of people cheering you on. And you create some data in your mind. It's kind of like the desktop of your computer. The things are at the, the top that are easy access. You want to keep on bringing the things that are going to fuel you to the top in your morning exercise. So that's some of the things I would do. And then at the end of the day, which is I barely talk about, and I think this is gold, is I do an audit. So for people that have children, think about it. At the end of the day, you're, in, you're tucking your kids into bed and you say, so how was your day today, sweetie? 
And they're like, oh, it's pretty good. Usually the kids don't say too much, but if you've got an extroverted kid, they might go, oh, I really enjoyed playing ball with Betty and we had a great time. I scored a goal, Dad, and it was fun. And then we went swimming and it was awesome. And well, what did you learn? Um, I don't know. I learned that uh, the water was pretty cold, but when I moved around, I got warm. It was fun. So you do an audit of the day and you look at some key markers. What I look for is, how did I serve? How did I make the world a better place? I know that sounds corny, but how did I make the world a better place? How did I contribute? Maybe it's a smile, right? Maybe it's a smile at a person, they smile back. Maybe I complimented somebody. We're in this pandemic right now, and fortunately, where I live, I go to, I go to, um, I can golf. I can still golf. I went golfing yesterday, and normally I give the guy a couple of bucks to clean my club. So yesterday, I gave him 20 bucks. He's like, whoa, what did I do? I go, you're here every day working your ass off, and I appreciate that. So when I audit myself, I go, hey, you were pretty generous today. You were kind. And it gets me to want to do that again the next day. If you race through your day and you get to the end of the day and you don't audit the day, you don't recognize how awesome you were, where you could learn, where you were a jerk, and you could maybe change that behavior, maybe slow down. So to me, the end of the day with my journal by my bed, a few moments, 10, 15 minutes, what am I grateful for? What did I learn? How did I serve? How did I contribute? What can I change? What am I excited about? What problem can I serve and give to my unconscious mind tonight while I'm sleeping to solve for me and wake up excited? So those are the two things I think that could really make an impact on people's lives and especially on but when people are going through adversity, you've got to have those anchors of morning and evening rituals in order to be able to be strong for the part of the day that most people take your way to absolutely absolutely i've never heard it explained so so coherently and you've articulated that incredibly because most people can get through the 9205 and most people are just getting through the 9205 and it's those like you said outside the lines outside the board is where that's where the magic happens and everything you're doing there again obviously through my own personal development i'm kind of doing except for and i'll be completely honest there is the auditing part and i've written that down here because that is so so crucial now when i think back in hindsight i'm like how many times would I have benefited myself the next day for, for auditing how I maybe acted that way or how did I serve? Because one of my things is always about service as well. It's why I do this podcast in my spare time. I don't get nothing from it. It's just to try and help as many people as I possibly can. So that's something I'm definitely going to do. And you've actually given me, segued me nicely onto the next question. And this is for you, which is about auditing and it's about adversity. Two words that you used in your last answer. So I always ask my, my guests about their adversities because I always believe that there's somebody else in the world going through the same thing and perspective is a beautiful thing and sometimes if one person can get out of it I just want to give the listener hope that you too can get out of it as well so if you wouldn't mind if you could maybe just tell us a short story of a time you've been through adversity or what the lessons that taught you after going through it and coming through it well there's a lot of stories of adversity but I think that um, one of the ones that affects people the most is most people suffer from not feeling like they're enough or that they're lovable. And they spend most of their life looking for a place to cover that up. So let's say they feel like they're ugly. They, they wear makeup, they change their hair. They, um, they go to the gym and build muscles and uh, get tattoos and they cover, they try to cover up instead of exposing. And what I've learned over time is it's so much more, powerful to be vulnerable in an area and so when I grew up my brothers and sisters called me pizza face because I had a lot of acne 
and I tried to cover it up. I spent so much of my life uh, hiding it, get, being sick, staying at home. Uh, I even bought women's makeup to cover it up. I went to the in the sun to dry it up. I spent, all my energy was spent on covering it up. And the reality is that is that when you I'm a victim, but when you can connect with people and say, hey, you know what? I'm suffering from 20 pimples on my face, and I really feel bad. Um, I notice you only have one. What do you do that, you know, you got any ideas? You now connect with somebody. You're asking for help. You have to access your courage. And that person might go, hey, you know what? I drink lots of water. What do you drink? And you go, well, I drink a lot of milk. You go, well, maybe that's a clue, you know, that's clogging your pores and it's not good for you. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. And now all of a sudden you bring people closer and you expose your weakness. So I've learned over time that the exposing of the weakness, the struggling, what you're going through, connects people. So later on in my life, I mean, I went to my late 20s carrying around an identity of ugly pizza. And I came across a programmer that taught me that they're just labels. They're just suggestions. The same way somebody suggests you're shy or that you're stupid or that you're bad with numbers or that you're not a good speaker. And unfortunately, many of us are suggestible. So we go, oh, I'm shy. Well, I've got to behave that way, right? Instead of going, you know what? I, I just, I like to listen a lot. I like to learn a lot. I don't need to live, talk that much. I actually can express myself quite well, but I'm a curious person and I give the platform to others and I'm respectful, et cetera. So you could change the meaning. So long story short, my mentor asked me to look for a role model. I chose Clint Eastwood and I changed my pizza face to ruggedly handsome. And then it just becomes like learning to play the piano. It's repetition over and over and over again. I said this to myself and I started to look for the evidence and I was able to shift my identity and become that person ruggedly handsome and develop some more confidence. But it goes for everything. I worked hard most of my life up until then and I changed my identity from working hard to working smart. I went from working, being paid by the hour to be paid by results. I went from having one stream of income to today 35. I went from being dyslexic and bad speller to author of three books. Whatever limit or suggested label, and that's what my whole podcast is about, the I Am Movement, is to draw attention to the suggestions that we've all gotten from people around us that are negative, that don't serve us, that are not empowering, that don't uplift us, and provide us with a different perspective, as you said, and then to use the adversity to win or learn, and then to come out and be the best version of yourself. And that's really what I try to do with people. And it's exciting because I know if people knew how, what I thought of myself, Aaron, when I was growing up, if they knew my inner narrative, <laughs> yeah. they wouldn't believe it. They wouldn't believe it. They, and, and most people are the same way. Most people have terrible inner narratives and they're, they're faking their way through their nine to five and they get home at nighttime and then that's when they do the damage. They eat shit they shouldn't eat. They binge watch Netflix. They feel depressed. They, they watch porn. They do a bunch of stuff because their inner narrative is so crappy. They get to the end of this, close the door, and they go, okay, now I can you know, do all these things that are going to make me feel good in the moment. 
and then they're going to have guilt later. And then this goes over and over and over again. They get stuck in a trap of mediocrity. That is so true. That is that is an episode in itself that I, I could expand on for, for hours on end. So I was writing notes there and um, I'm always trying to learn. So a, a few things I want to say there. If anyone's going through adversity and the first point that you mentioned was to seek help and try and connect with someone. And I always say this because I do a separate podcast. It's a local one for men's mental health to help people because um, there's a lot of suicide rates. So we're always trying to just show our vulnerabilities. So there's four blokes and we just speak what, what goes on in our mind and we try and be as transparent as possible. Um, so again, we expose our weaknesses from that. And I always say exposing your weaknesses or your vulnerabilities is actually a sign of courage, not weakness. And I've reframed that. And slowly people are now reaching out to us and saying, well, thank you because you've said this, we now feel comfortable. So I, I love that about you. And also about the Find Your Voice podcast. I never thought that people would connect and relate to my story and this whole movement of Find Your Voice when I started telling people I'm an anxious, shy person who doesn't like being in big crowds and I, and I struggle and I get nervous. And even before sometimes I put the episode of a podcast on, we're 98 episodes in now, I still feel my heart jittering. And this is my environment. I can do whatever I like in this show. I can just turn it off if I wanted to, but I still have those. And just me expressing those helps people massively. And then the last point is fantastic, which is about people being suggestible. And it's something I say probably about two years ago, I massively changed. So I was a shy person. My school reports, he's the quietest kid in the class. My workers at, uh, my manager's at work. He's a great, great worker, but he's too quiet. He doesn't interact. And I just reframe that. I'm a good listener because now when I'm on a podcast, I'm able to listen to what somebody says and I can literally word for word say your answer again because I've taken everything in and I feel it. I've written it down and I love that and it's helped me here. So we all have a gift. It's just perspective. It's perspective and how we reframe it. So fantastic. Like, you, you can see how excited I am right now because I'm just like, there's so much content and, and stuff I can dive into, but more importantly for the listeners there. So uh, great, great, great suggestions there. And again, rugged Clint Eastwood. Who wouldn't want to look like a rugged Clint Eastwood growing up? Absolutely. Well, you know, people I think don't realize that they keep on repeating something in their mind and they eventually become it. So the, the concept is to choose the highest version of yourself, how you see yourself. And you can, you can ask people around, like you have a fantastic smile, right? And that's something that, that you should acknowledge for yourself, right? And it's not about ego. It's about appreciation. And people say like, what is, what is some of the biggest lessons you've got? And it's not loving yourself. I've changed it to appreciating myself because love can be a little egotistical. You know, you start looking at yourself and oh, I like my biceps and this and that. No, appreciating the effort I put in to take care of the vehicle for my soul. I appreciate that. I appreciate the fact that I do 100 push-ups a day during the yes. pandemic. Love it. Right? So there's, there's things and this sense of appreciation brings this, for me anyway, a connection to myself. And it gets want to do more things. Like, yeah, hey, good job, man. You're, you know, you're 57. You're doing pretty good. You can, you're looking yeah, great. Right. <laughs> I've, I'm up to now 7,000 oranges I've picked from my trees in the backyard and my neighbor's trees during this pandemic. Most of them are too lazy to pick their, their own oranges. So I go and pick them and I squeeze them and fresh orange juice, uh, freshly squeezed orange juice for my, me and my family every day. And I look at it as a challenge, an opportunity. It's like, yeah, it's work, but you know what? I'm climbing the trees and I'm <laughs> using my upper body. I'm getting a workout. 
I'm, I'm getting organic, good food from Mother Earth. I'm, there's so many ways that you can win in a day and learn about yourself. And it's a fun journey if, if, you, if you become that curious person. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. My wife preaches curiosity all the time. She's like the most curious person in the world. And it, and it definitely helps. I love it. Right, I do need to segue because you're fascinating, Rock. I could literally speak to you for hours, as you can probably tell. So the next part of the show is the fun part of the show. And in this part, all I'm going to do is ask you the most random questions for the best part of 90 seconds. So generally speaking, one word or one sentence answers only. Are we ready? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. What is your favorite hobby? Golf. The biggest mistake you made last year? Um, last year, last year, 2019, um, hiring the wrong person for one of my businesses. Okay. Your proudest achievement? Raising three beautiful, healthy, vibrant, loving, generous, kind kids. I love that. I love that. Other than yourself, who is your favorite motivational speaker? Tony Robbins. If you had an extra hour a day, how would you spend it? Making love. Nice. The best lesson anyone has ever taught you? Nothing in life has meaning. Everything is empty and meaningless. And you show up and with your programming and filters, you assign a meaning to it. And generally you fuck it up. I don't know if I can say that. <laughs> you can say whatever you like. I love that. If you could abolish one thing in the world, what would it be? Form of unkindness or cruelty to each other and animals. Absolutely. What are you secretly good at that nobody knows? I am incredibly strategic. Put me in a situation and I will find a way to win. What would you like to be remembered for? I like to be remembered for raising people up. I have a mastermind group called M1. I've created 55 whole life millionaires and I've helped, I've helped people. So I'm a total problems trainer and I've done 74 events and I serve the community. But what I do in my community is I find people that I can serve and then I give them a platform to expand. So I bring them onto my stage. I bring them into my community and I say, hey, look, this guy was a student three years ago. Now he teaches people how to do Airbnb and here's his online course. And I really recommend that you look into it because he's a great guy. So it's about, um, I guess, developing leaders. And then finally then, what song best describes your life? Gosh, that's a great question. Um, I don't know. What's popping into my mind is uh, Happy by Will Ferrell. I love that. I love that. It's really weird you said that, actually. So uh, I think I said we're 98 episodes in now. And two episodes ago, somebody said the same thing. So uh, I'm glad to see people are uh, people are being happy and I'm bringing happy guests onto the show. I'm happy looking at your face, man. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Again, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I realize that there's also science behind this as well. So I'm always fascinated by science in terms of the health as well, that when we smile, instantly we can change our mood. So if ever anyone's struggling or if the wife's angry at me, I make a kind of look up and smile and she hates it in the instance. But the moment she starts smiling, then everything normally gets better. So thank you for that. So we are kind of coming towards the end of the show now, uh, Rock. And the next question I want to ask is about reflection which I think is going to be fascinating from yourself. So if you could take yourself back to a younger child, maybe on the farm in Montreal when you were working, but knowing everything that you know now and how your life's turned out, and you could just whisper something in your ears, what would you say? I think the biggest thing that happened for me is because I felt, I was the youngest of seven kids and I always felt like an, I didn't belong. I'm an outsider, didn't fit in and was bullied, ridiculed and, and all that sort of thing. I 
for a large part of my adult life, excluded myself because that's what I was used to. And I found ways to not keep relationships rich, but to break them down. So for me, the big lesson for me was to cherish relationships and recognize that people are variable. So you can have a friend that behaves like a jerk for a night when you go out and you're like, oh my God, I never want to be with a friend. And he just abused that person. He was an asshole. He got drunk, he whatever. Or you can have somebody who's mean for a week or somebody who's had a bad month or somebody who's who's been a really bad partner for a year because they're going through something at home you don't know about and then they bounce back. So I would say a little more compassion for the humans around me and so that I could maintain the relationships longer. I've been divorced a few times, a very, very intolerant to, to um, subpar behavior because that was the filter my father had. And I only learned later in life that there's a difference between being a jerk and having high standards. And I would honestly say that I, I, for a big part of my life, I was a jerk. And I pushed people away from me because there's a difference between your comfort zone and what you're familiar with. And everybody goes, oh, that's in my comfort zone. A lot of time, women get abused or they get beaten by, by their husbands. Uh, and they're so familiar with it, they seek it out again. They don't like it yeah. and they're not comfortable with it, but they're familiar with it. And the brain seeks what we're familiar with. The small distinction, but if you're incredibly curious, like I am about personal development, that distinction is huge. And to move away from what you're familiar with, you've got to create a vision and you've got to do some work on the inside and go, okay, yeah, I'm familiar with being broke. Very familiar with it, but that's not who I am. And that's not what life is about. So now I change my money blueprint to somebody that attracts wealth, who's willing to work hard for it and become, you know, very abundant in my money blueprint. So yeah, just the breaking of relationships was the thing that I needed. I would have needed more coaching in that area, but my father died when I was young and I didn't have it and I did the best I could. Of course, of course, absolutely. And that's what we all try and do. And I just hope that if there's somebody who can maybe learn that lesson a lot earlier, hopefully they take your words on there because, uh, that last bit as well is gold dust. I think familiar familiarity and comfort zone, they're so often confused and you just hit a brilliant example there. So that's something that if we can just, it sounds so simple, if we can just figure that out and, I, and I'm, I'm itching to try this and learn this about myself after this episode, that could be a massive, massive shift in terms of your success and your overall happiness and well-being. So again, once again, thank you so much for sharing that. So that does sadly bring us to the last question. And the last question is about legacy. And I always ask this to all of my guests that if in 150 years time, science fails to save us and all that exists is a book. And this book, it's about you. It's about your life. It's about all of the amazing things you've accomplished and all of the lives that you've touched along the way. Firstly, what I want to know is what is the title of this book? And secondly, what would the summary at the back tell us about you? Uh, let's go with the title of the book would be Support, Encourage and Challenge. And the summary at the back would be that when you surround yourself with somebody like Rock Thomas, it's not what you know in life that matters, it's how much you care. And he cared so much for the people around him that he was willing to do what most people aren't willing to do, which is to support, encourage, and predominantly challenge people even when they didn't feel like it. Challenge them spiritually, challenge them physically, challenge them emotionally to be the best version of themselves. 
and he touched a lot of lives and a lot of people found a higher version of himself because rock had the courage to challenge him. i love that i love that and uh you have me eager now because the first thing i'm doing after this me and the wife i promised that we're going to go for a walk and I'm just listening to all of your podcast episodes. So there's going to be definitely a plug for that in a few seconds. But just before I give you a chance to connect with the audience, Rock, I just want to ask, is there anything you wish I had asked you maybe today or any final words of wisdom? Because you've already dropped like hours and hours of worthy content already. But is there anything else that you wish I'd asked or you want to leave the audience with? You know, I think you really asked a lot of beautiful questions. So let's leave it just in its beauty the way it is. Uh, I appreciate hanging out with you. I, I love I love your energy. I love your presence. And it's always great to just discuss about the things that are life lessons. And hopefully some people can, you know, Warren Buffett said it's great to learn from your mistakes, but it's even greater to learn from other people's mistakes. And I think that's why you and I have our podcast. Absolutely. It's, it's why I, I, this time is sacred for me because I feel like it's like I get firsthand dibs on a great mind and I can obviously excel myself moving forward so thank you for that and what is the best place then that the audience can follow you like i said at the beginning of the show i'm pretty sure everyone's going to know who you are but just for those one or two people who may not know who you are what's the best way we can connect and support you rockthomas.com is my website so they can go there and virtually everything branches out from there but they can also go to the i am movement podcast which you can find in all of the usual places and of course uh social media they'll find me just putting rock Thomas. Fantastic. What I'm going to do is I'm going to put everything that you just mentioned there into the show notes as well. I'm also going to put that YouTube video as well because that was something I listened to a few years ago and the hairs on my arms were raising. And I remember when I was doing research a few weeks ago, just in preparation for this interview, that I watched it again and I had the exact same feeling because it's authentic and it's true. And it's your story that you so kindly shared with us today. So I say this to every single one of my guests and you can ask any single one of them they will vouch for it that you are now part of the find your voice family and i always say that if anyone takes time out of their day to come onto the show to help find your voice become what it is and to help the listeners then you're, you're a friend of mine for life so if there's any way i can obviously help you moving forward please do reach out and i just want to say again to everyone listening at home thank you so much for listening and remember this podcast is absolutely free so all we ask in return is for you to share this with a friend and drop us a five-star review over on itunes have an awesome day.